Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are we doing, boys? Good. Oh, my God. I'll, start, I'll just do that one again. <laughs> I'll do that one again. This week it's Saints and Sinners as IRC's red as Celtic put two past the boys from Perth twice. The transfer window has slammed shut and we've got right back in. We review all the business. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Towns. It's episode 167 of 20 Minute Towns. I am joined this week by Stephen. Hello there. And Melly. Evening. And boys, it is the week. Just to let you in a secret oh. there, listeners, what he does is if we don't know who he's addressing, mm. so for example, Stephen, he throws his arm violently towards us just to make yeah. sure that I know who I am. Sometimes I'll, he's looking at me. Yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> I, like, I like to give Melly the eyes, so give him the eyes if I'm going to right, pass it over to him. Aye, and, then, <laughs> and then pass to you. I've also got this now. Listeners can't see it, but it's very useful. Anytime I want someone to talk, a pointer, a, a laser pointer, laser right, pointer okay. on <laughs> your forehead, <laughs> like a lecturer. Um, this, this is good stuff, guys. This is great. This is top banter. Absolutely brilliant. Better than the first take for sure. <laughs> um, it is the week after the transfer window closed and Scottish football. It did what? It slammed. Yes, that's better. Shut, brother. And um, Scottish football has the feel of a of a theatre after a grand performance. Have you ever been into an empty theatre after a pantomime? It's got that sort of feeling of melancholic emptiness. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what I was looking for. Um, how do you feel, Melly? Uh, as the transfer window as a whole and just to remind anyone on this podcast if you say the words we haven't replaced your Armstrong yeah, yeah. I will stab you in the mouth with this laser pointer <laughs> Melly I suppose we, when I look at it we are stronger much stronger than yes. before we were in it so at the end of it that's that's what we go into the window wanting that's what we got long term we've left ourselves a very difficult task but short term much stronger. Stephen, this transfer window cliche, apart from it slamming shut and obnoxious yellow ties, is yeah. you want to come out of it stronger than you go into it. Do you agree with Melly that we have come out of the window stronger than you went into a window? Purely in that period from January 1st to 31st, definitely. But the, the transfer window, as we've mentioned time and time again on here, there's no point in going back over it. This was a funny transfer window because we're trying to build back up from where we were like, yeah. from, from a couple of seasons ago now. Just on this window though, on the whole, yeah, absolutely. We definitely wanted the right back. We definitely wanted more options up front. We, we definitely got that. I think the football community needs to work on that analogy, Stephen, because you don't go into or come out of a window. You don't, no, that's right. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's not something that ever happens anywhere. Um, for me, I'm, I'm very happy with the window. Hmm. Just on the face of it, just on the, the, the quality that we've got in, 
Um, especially now that we've had a couple of games and we've got to see what the guys can offer. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with the quality they got in. A bit like Melly, if I was to nitpick, I'd say that we've left ourselves a big job in oh, the yeah, summer. The, the, those are my main reservations about it as well. That's why I'm I'm keen not to just... Not to really gush about the transfer. I guess it is good on the face of it, but there are underlying problems that, that have been thrown out. The latest signing that came in, Melly, was Jeremy Toljan. He is a right-back from Borussia Dortmund. Now, he played the second half in the second St. Johnson game, so we've kind of had a look at what he can offer. He became available three days, as I, as I said, with a whole host of players that, that were put on the transfer list effectively. Now, Celtic went out and got him, and he's a player that's of good quality, or a good pedigree at least, we can, yeah, we can say that. Um, but that sort of transfer is the sort of thing that you could look at both ways. If you're a, criti- if you're a critic of Celtic's transfer policy, then going out and getting someone in the last dying embers of the window who just so happened to be available for six months is something you could point to as a criticism. If you're Celtic, though, and your story is, listen, it's extremely difficult to get players in, yeah. and as soon as we knew this guy was available, we went straight over there and put our money where our mouth is and got him, then you could you could say that backs up Celtic's arguments for how, how the transfer window yeah. goes. What do you think it is? Do you think it was a bit of a panic buy? Because we were linked to a lot of guys and never get anyone in. Or do you think it's Celtic acting on the best options available? It's, it's really, tough, it's tough really one, hard to it? say. Uh, on the surface of things, it's a very good signing because it's it's someone right in that bracket where it's, he's 24 years old. As you said, he's come from a, a solid pedigree. It's a, this is a top European team he's come from. But there is that, that caveat that it's only a very short-term loan. Now, people keep talking about, we've got Weah, we've got Burke, and now we've got Tol, Tolian on six-month loans. But they're not really, this is the 4th of February as yeah. we record this. They're basically like 15-week loans or however long it is now. It, it's very short-term is it a panic buy? I don't, I'd like to hope not. Mm. But at, at the very least, if it was a panic buy, then it looks like a good one. Yeah. Now, we could have done an awful lot worse if we, we could have gone out and got Shea Logan as a, as a panic buy or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? That there are worse things to happen. There, there are worse potential things to happen than ending up with a, a fairly reputable right back as a panic buy. I couldn't say for sure whether it was, whether he was target number one, three, 18, yeah. who knows. Well, but I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it for now. Melee. I think it, as you say, it was a guy. It became available towards the end. I agree with Stephen. It looks like a good. I don't wouldn't say panic buy because it was a position we identified we needed. Yeah. He became available. Now whether we were after the boy from Olympiacos and when we compared the two, if Toljan's better, and you can get him in for six months, well, you're better getting the better player, aren't you? Yeah. As well as if you can pay four million for a player, but if you can get Timothy Weir for six months and he's a better player get him in but yeah. it's just looking like Weir's already made an impact Burke started basically every game told you and looks like he's going to be in there Benkovic is our best defender how are we going to replace all four of these guys and replace others in the team in the summer we possibly need a manager it's none of them even come in with an option to buy or anything no. it just looks so short term and MD that thought oh no Brendan Rodgers isn't leaving at the end of the season like you don't really need any more evidence than that, do you? No, I mean, well, until Brendan Rodgers, I suppose, Stephen comes out and says, I'm leaving in yeah, the season, yeah. you can only pick amongst the scraps. Yeah, of, we're reading of, between the lines. Very, well, We're more than reading between yeah, the I lines. I mean, this is based on, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's based on nothing more than a wild prediction I made at the beginning of the season. Yeah, You know, there's yeah. no there's no real evidence to, to suggest that Brendan Rodgers is leaving, but if you take my suspicion and then you add 
lots of evidence lots of <laughs> lots of circumstantial evidence yeah. you know um there's a there's a sort of discussion on Celtic Celtic social media Celtic podcasts Twitter and all that about the role of Lee Congerton now we know that we don't know what Lee Congerton <laughs> yeah. does um but as far as we can understand that his job is to identify talent or at least that's the criticism that is leveled at him he's the criticism that's leveled at Lee Congerton is your job is to identify talent and you're not doing a good job of it and as far as we can understand, the board's job is to provide the money and secure the deals. Looking at this transfer window, Lee Congerton's done a no bad job, or whoever is identifying the talent, yeah. whether that's Lee Congerton or someone else, has done a not bad job. Well, it is Lee Congerton, because that's his job, is to identify yeah. talent, isn't it? If there's somebody else who's identifying talent, he's not got a job then, has he? No, you're quite right. No, so it's, we'll just take it for granted that it's Lee Congerton. Right. Done, done a good job, hasn't he? Seems like it. It's hard, again, I feel like I'm starting every sentence with it's hard to say, but Timothy Weir is an easy one. He was He's a emerging European star. I'm reluctant to give him huge amounts of credit for being able to identify Timothy Weir. No, but it takes creativity to yeah, identify but, that you yeah. could get Timothy Weir. To so go out and get him is another matter, but it's, it's not like he had to do an awful lot of digging to find a Timothy I, Weir. I don't, I don't think he turns up, switches on Football Manager 2019 and goes, or sought by price and goes, we can get this way guy. Yeah. The rest of it, though, bio, complete unknown. Yeah. Uh, well, unknown quantity to, to me, to, certainly. Three others that are going to feature not at all yes. until at least next season. That includes the Marianne Schved, who we talked about last week, and the two young American guys who were confirmed on the last day of the window, I think yeah. it was. So we don't know anything about them. That that remains to be seen. Those those three could all turn out to be great players that Lee Congleton may or may or not have sourced. So... Really, what we're looking at here is Oliver Burke, already known to, to everyone, mm-hmm. Timothy Weir, already known to everyone, and Jeremy Toljan is the kind of yeah, the I, some part of the... I don't the think it's all about identifying players that no one's ever heard of. I think the challenge in Lee Congerton's role is identifying players that you can get. Yes, and that fit a profile. And fit the profile. That's, I don't mean to come across like I'm giving him no credit whatsoever. He, he is defined... Not just players, but a certain type of player. That's more his, his role. Yeah, and I, I think he's done that quite well. Just the transfer window recap, because it was quite busy towards the end of the window, so yeah. I will give a quick recap on all the business done on the incoming. Bayo, striker um, from Slovakia. Burke, as we've discussed. Weah, as we've discussed. Jeremy Toljan, right back from Bayern. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, excuse me. Marianne Schved, who came in from the Ukraine, who's immediately went back out and loaned his uh, original club. Andrew Gutman, who came from the American college system, who has, interestingly, he went on loan. Um, the MLS didn't sanction that transfer uh, for reasons I'll go into in a second, and he's back at us. But Chris Davis was talking today, as we record this, that he thinks he's going to just immediately go back out on loan again. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming back, and then we'll organise another loan for him. And Manny Perez, I like the name Manny. Hmm. Is that the name of the wee kid from uh, <laughs> uh, Modern Family? Modern Family, yeah, Aye, brilliant now. Um, the one who... And the bass player from uh, the Stone Roses. Oh, so it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Manny Perez, uh, and he will. he's went back out on loan as well. So that's, that's all the incomings. We're all pretty happy at that. We're not happy at the uh, length of deals, uh, but... Happy, happy's pushing it. Okay, well, at the beginning, I asked you for your marks. I do this quite a lot. A, B, C, D. D being a fail. A being a top marks for the transfer window. Um, tradi- well, does me stand? Well, traditionally, what Melly does goes A, B, C, D or A, B, C or D. I'll give it 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what do you grade this transfer window, Stephen? 
B, maybe. A B? Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Reasonably that's good. tough with that, yeah. Really? C. C. Is there anything you think, boys, that we, we should have done that we didn't do? Yes. Yeah, Spend plenty. some money. Yeah. Because we had loads of it. We've got loads of it. And we, we didn't. Did. It's not just... These players are good. Well, the four we have brought in right now are going to make a difference to the team. They're going to make a, they've already made a significant difference to the team. They might get us over the line, but it's also short-term. There's no long-term planning that Bayou... Again, we might not see him for another couple of weeks. I know he's training now, but... Can I just say it's Bio? And it bio? Uh, let's stop Dan, this uh, name. It, well, it's Bio in the same way that it's not Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. Bio. Oh, is it not? Oh. <laughs> bio, we don't know how, how he's going to be right now because of the injury Edward. We need him to be good. It's just, you want to go in. We always look at this window as the one that gets us prepared for the Champions League qualifiers. Mm. This yeah. window yeah. has left us completely unprepared for the transfer window eh, for the Champions League qualifiers, and the last one did as well. Yeah, the talk is always the January window is very important for Celtic. We need to look forward and build for the for, for these early qualifiers. It's what we're told all the time. We never do it. Now, realistically, we've only got one player yeah. in ahead of that, and it's, and it's Bio, because Perez and Gutman... We don't really know what their what the plan is for them. And realistically, when they finally rock up at Celtic in four or five months' time, they're going to have to start completely again. They haven't done any loans or or any time or training or adjustment in this country whatsoever. Yeah. So they're going to be starting from square one. I know they've signed just now, but they're as good as useless at the moment. So if they go on loan to American teams, they're starting from scratch. And yeah. they, so they're not going to certainly not going to be ready for any qualifiers. We've got one player who's come in with, with the eye on the qualifiers, and that, that's it. Every time Celtic fans moan about Celtic's transfer activity, the the appeasement brigade will come out and tell you, listen, you need to relax, it's difficult to players in, and, and the reason we do this is because we don't want to get to a point where we need to buy 10, 11 new players. We want to have a solid foundation and just add on that. But we've reached a point now in the summer where I think feasibly Celtic need one player for every position. In the rebuild, yeah. And, and, that, yeah. and that's what we, that we are unbelievably after, you know, all, all the money that was spent and all the players that we've sold. We are looking at a massive rebuild in the summer. Yeah, to be clear with that, we're not saying they need an entirely new first 11. What no. we're saying is they need at least a competition, if not a starter, for yes. basically every position on the pitch, yeah. We currently have four right-backs. Mm-hmm. Come the 1st of June, we will have one, Anthony Ralston. We will have Kieran Tierney and Simonovic, Aya and... Jack Hendry's centre-halves. That's disgusting. That's <laughs> absolutely yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Craig Gordon, 36, Bain. And that's taking away Burke Weir. It's scary. It is really yeah. scary. And this is this is us presuming we are going to win the league right now. So imagine we don't win the league. Well, listen, we're going to win the league. Do you know why? Because Lee Congerton won us the league. <laughs> Lee Congerton in his Bluetooth earpiece and Ferrari jacket doesn't have a Ferrari, just has the jacket. Castro GTX bomber jacket. Aye, yeah. he's, a, he's won as the league with his talent mm-hmm. identification skills, um, and you can thank him for that. Do you think you th- you know? Do you think we're on a surer foot now for the league, now that we've brought these guys in? Yeah, well, see, see if he has jobs to identify talent, that's good, but his job's also to identify long-term talent and players we can get in for the long-term, not just the short-term. I know, but look, we, we were talking about this in the group chat, it's the Brendan Rodgers football boots, isn't it? Brendan Rodgers is going to his mum saying, Mott, I need a new pair of football boots. These ones are bust. They're all letting in. 
the boys at school are slagging me. I need a new pair of boots. His mum's going, oh, you don't need a pair of boots. They're fine. He goes, no, I really do. These are absolutely no good. The studs are all worn. I'm slipping in the grass. And she's like, listen, just wait until you get to primary, start primary five. He's like, I can't wait. She's like, okay, here's your big brothers. Borrow them. And that's what's happening to Brendan. Brendan Rodgers saying, I need a squad here. I need money spent on my football boots. And Peter Law's going, we'll give you a couple of loans to get you through until the summer. Oh, little Brendan. What about all those kids out there who don't have any football boots? Then <laughs> yeah. You, you don't know how yeah. lucky you've got it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And his mum's going, look, I bought you a jacket. He's going, well, a jacket can't help me play football. Exactly. Just the lights don't help you play football, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're all pretty happy with the transfer incomings, but we do admit that we could have done a bit more and um, we've got a rebuilding job in the summer that is just oh, inescapable. Yeah. But we've got a big war chest to spend in the summer. You're don't having an absolute laugh if you, think, if you think Celtic are spending 20, 30 million, which is probably what it's going to take in the summer to rebuild a team you're having a laugh. And see if they mention those lights one more time. <laughs> That's like a guy that owes you a score turning up tonight out in new trainees. <laughs> <laughs> Did, um, do you remember the, the wall chest chats when Rangers went bust the first time and said they weren't really spending a great deal of money and people were saying I but they're just accumulating and what they'll do is they'll just spend it on one go as soon as Rangers are back in the league Celtic How, are, how's that working? No, Celtic are not spending any money and yeah. I don't see it um, one way to get more money in is to get rid of players <laughs> um, and Brendan Rogers famously said when we signed Marion Shved or Shved um, I don't need a winger, I've got a million wingers. <laughs> he also said that he doesn't want to accumulate players or whatever he's what, stockpiling players, I think the phrase was. So we didn't really do as much on the way out in the January window as I, as I expected us to. Quite right. You know, what, what? We need them. We need every single player right now. Do you think we need Johnny Hayes? Yeah. Well, there you go. Hmm. Case dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen. Outgoings, we only really had Lewis Morgan, is that right? Yeah. I can't really think of any more. He was confirmed as going on loan to Sunderland and there were other things other things in the pipeline really and they were all cancelled because we've got injuries. Yeah. Now we've got injuries absolutely stacking up. I've seen the, the graphic doing the rounds of how it's basically a full team. That's out minus goalkeeper. I don't, I don't know if the DeVries even counts anymore. But interestingly enough, that there's a whole 11 of players who are Injured and unavailable. Marvin Comper can't even get into that team. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get into the forgotten eleven. Um, we're keeping Jack Henry. Yeah, which is you know what that means. <laughs> what does it mean, Stephen? It means oh, return of the return of the Jack, return baby. of the Jack, <laughs> and he's got plenty of dough in the bank. Um, oh yeah. His payslip has leaked. Um, yeah. Well, not leaked. Someone's raided his bins. Yeah, someone's really, raided. It was torn up into four pieces. Yeah, it so. was. That, that's. I feel so bad for the guy. I really do. Like, that's every, a, that is just going to be used as a. Yeah, and the thing is, everyone already knows roughly what he gets paid. It's yeah. it's when you see it in yeah. black and white, and you think, dear God, is that, that what getting a yearly salary yeah. in a month is like? Remember, it happened to Carlos Tevez a few years ago when he was oh, at Man City, and it was obscene. It was like half a million a week once you get all the bonuses and all that were on top of it. Do you know what hurt me when I watched it? And I saw all the tax the boy's paying. Oh, yeah, yeah. All that, Ouch, I'm like, know. get that boy an EBT. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, son. David, my, my Uncle David will sort yeah, it for you. Sorted that. Um, so we're keeping Jack Hendry. We're keeping Johnny Hayes for whatever reason. We just presumably couldn't get rid of them. And we probably need Jack Hendry now. Should have just gave them to Aberdeen. Yeah. See Jack Hendry? Jack Hendry gets a clean slate from me. I think we're going to just need to Does deal he? with Well, we're just going to need to deal with it, to be honest. I just, I <laughs> He's not getting a clean slate for me. I think it is. It is indisputable that he has been near enough relentlessly inarguably pish for Celtic, right? But 
funny, funny sounding crazy. <laughs> but at this point, we, we may well need the guy, and um, we're going to just need to deal with it. I find it interesting with, with Jack Henry that of, there's a lot of apologists out there in the, in the Twitter box. But for for all Celtic players, they just yeah, don't like yeah. to see Celtic players getting their feelings hurt, basically. And also, people, it's a good way to get attention on the internet. Yeah, you just, that, stick, that, you just that, stick up for a player aye, that's getting a slag in. You, you never talk about that in real life as well. Do people would stand up in the in the terraces and like, listen, this is a disgrace. This is an absolutely scandalous treatment of footballers. I saw Jack Hendry getting slagged on the internet recently in a, a Celtic Twitter account. I don't know who it was, said, would you say that to the boy's face? No, because know, that's, that, that's rude. Yeah, Quite often I have <laughs> feelings and thoughts about things that I don't say to people's faces. Like for instance, if I go to my mum's for dinner and I don't, don't particularly like the food, I don't aye. turn around and say to her face, that beef was crap. Aye, this was four out of ten mum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so we don't say it to their face. And just... the thing is, like, see, see slagging footballers, criticising footballers very gently. People always say it is personal abuse, but it's not really, I don't really see anything past that he's not very good. And doing that is as old as the sport itself. You are pissing in the wind if you think you're going to stop people criticising footballers. It's like walking up to people's tables in the pub and go like, you, you better not be slagging that. Uh, that we wouldn't have stick. a podcast if it no. wasn't <laughs> But anyway, I, Jack Henry, I, I find it interesting that the, the people say, but he was never supposed to be playing just now. He's played too many games. He was bought with an eye in the future. He's like 24 years old and it's he's the opposite of normal footballers in that playing games has ruined them. Because usually people say, oh, he just needs a run of games and then that'll show what he's like. People say, no, no, he wasn't supposed to be playing games. Brendan will just put paid to that anyway when he says, no, no, I bought him with an intention to play the games. Yeah. But, you know, in, in an effort to stop this sounding like, it's not a pylon, but just so it doesn't sound like one, it's, it is an opportunity for Jack Hendry to see yeah, this yeah. As, a, as a clean slate. Yeah. He's had a lot of time out the side. It's an opportunity for him to come in, maybe play some easier games, play some backup with no pressure on him and see see what he can do. It's a tough one. If we're looking right now, at our, if you're picking your top back four, possibly it would be Toljan, Benkovic, Aya and Tierney. They're all younger than Jack Hendry. Yeah. Right, and the, yeah. Guy, <laughs> the guy's getting made out to be some young guy. Look, that's the window over. It, it's quite relieving it's over and we managed to, we managed to fill the positions we need, yeah. mostly. The injury list is wild, but now you you can get behind the team now, get behind the players, because that's the ones you've got till the end of the season. You can't change it. You're still going to pound the board for the way it's turned out, and if anything goes wrong, they'll be the ones that get it for that. But we've got to get behind the players now. No other reason. We're keeping clean sheets right now. MD that's coming in is still doing a good job. Positions are sorted. We just need to try and get players back. Keep getting these games won, and we'll all be fine, boys. The players are back. The window's closed. The football is back. We had a, a touch of deja vu this week. St. Uh, Johnson. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. St. Johnson twice. Yeah, actually, it was Groundhog Day this week, by the way. Oh, was it? So, yeah, it was. <laughs> Sky, one of the Sky Movies channels was showing yeah, it, it back to back. Oh, yeah. 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 Good, good, good pun, Melly. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, St. Johnson back to back. 2-0 back to back. I'm going to ask you a question that I've never asked you before. What was your favourite out of the 2-0 <laughs> games? And we'll discuss that one first. It's hard to tell them apart now because they were almost identical, weren't they? They were both the same lineup, the same score, the same sort of pattern of goals, and that they were both goalless first halves. And then Celtic came into it in the second half more. Uh, second one for me. Yeah, the hard fought back to the walls, down to ten men, down to nine men, and then it's just seeing how annoying or how annoyed 
and how gutted Ricky Foster is when he <laughs> beat them. Get it up him, get it up his bird. How has he got her? I don't know, but the two of them just love the teddy bears. So you can see it when every lets in a goal or somebody gives away a pass, he's always going that wee bit extra like that Airdrie keeper was. So good to get them beat. It was a tough, the, the, two the, tough games. The, the yeah. way the way one was a hard, hard fought yeah. battle. Both um, were, yeah. There were some wild tackles, and not just by Azagiri in, yeah. <laughs> in that game. Um, a couple of injuries picked up in the second game as well. The second one could well prove to be a bit of a Pyrrhic victory. Oh, is it Pyrrhic or Pyrrhic? Pyrrhic. Is it? Oh, yeah, Pyrrhic, and that is uh, when a, a victory is gained at such devastating loss that it's basically a loss. <laughs> if, you could, uh, if you could not mansplain to the listeners, Stephen, that would be... <laughs> yeah. That, that, remains, be, that, that remains terrific. to be seen, because if we were to lose against Hibs, then it will have been a Pyrrhic victory. But needless to say... We we lost a lot of soldiers that day anyway. <laughs> with, what was it before injuries towards the yes. end? And a red card from uh, Christopher Ayer. Oh yeah, who had a good game? Yes, very good. He was good in both games. Jozo good in both. Yeah, games Jozo well. was good. Yeah, but to be fair, him. Yeah, the defence. I know we're not being tested too much now. We've had easy games. Airdrie, Hamilton, Marin, and then we come in at St Johnston game. Pose a different threat, but in both games, in the second game they came out a bit more, but the first game. He just knew they were going to sit in. That was their game plan. You could tell they're a well-organised team. They're compact. They all know what they're doing, know what their job is. They just try to use O'Hanlon's pace up front in the first game. And it was maybe in these games it took Celtic up something a bit different. St. Johnson obviously planned for the way Celtic play. But when you look at the goals we scored, the first one, eh, McGregor, a shot from outside the box. Yeah. The second one is just a pass in a don't want to be on Lustig back, but it wasn't the best pass inside to Christie. Yeah, Lustig's two assists in this game. Uh, one was a pass to McGregor about 40 yards from goal when McGregor took it on and rattled in the bottom corner. The other one was a hospital ball to Christie, who somehow <laughs> wriggled his way out of it and two, rattled into the top corner. Two great goals, and then the goal uh, on Sunday, the first one was Brown with a long ball over, way with a touch, and the pass across to Forrest and the next one's a counter-attack so it's not the sort of usual goals we score yeah. it took Celtic doing something a bit, bit different to break them down and we do have other options now Christie coming with those runs from midfield helps break teams down McGregor with a shot from outside the box I thought Weir would be a bit more dangerous away from home because of the pace because yeah. at Celtic Park teams sit in there's no space in behind but Whereas when we play away from home, we've seen in the Aberdeen, Aberdeen game as well, with Sinclair's pace, with Weir's pace now, Edward's pace, we're devastating on the counter-attack when we can do it. And as soon as St Johnston pushed up, like it's a great goal to watch. Everything about that goal was brilliant. Just the, the determination of the players to get forward. Yeah. McGregor's pass, Sinclair's pass, the runs players off to make the space for themselves and the finish by Weir. There was a lot of in the second game and the first game I just thought we really lack a number nine poacher because there's so yeah. many balls just go across the box. Buck's been good in both games. I'm yeah. really impressed mm-hmm. by Buck. I'm disappointed that he's getting taken off early. I thought in both games Forrest should have been che- taken off before him, but Forrest obviously scores, but then I said it before, he's going to get injured at some point if we keep playing him, and he did that. He hasn't been great recently. So we just lack that number nine. It's just going to put those balls in that come into the six-yard box, but we're getting goals from other areas, which is good. See, Buck... I'd get him signed just now. Oh. I know I know he's going to be probably expensive, but at this stage, we're not playing for West Brom much at all. How difficult are they going to be to do business with? They signed them for about 12, 13 million or something like that. Could they maybe consider 
Five four. or something, uh, yeah. Well, his managers, Westbrook managers, been out again and said that he's uh, he's not moving to Celtic permanently. He's been sent here oh. specifically for his development. We'll see, yeah. Mister Westbrook. How do you, how much do you think uh, PSG will want for Timo Weir? <laughs> Quite a bit, um, because I'll tell you what, player. Oh, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's especially your guy. I'm a, my guy, although I, was, guy. I wasn't allowed it. I know, <laughs> to be fair, it was going to be my guy until he obviously became the Celtic Twitter accounts guy because he's everywhere at the moment. Um, you bought one of those footballs, didn't you? What, 150 quid for a team away I signed football? Yeah, Celtic are selling them, aren't they? Right, what planet do yeah. we live on? I'll wait three months and it'll be worth nothing. Like Celtic, <laughs> I'll take it off your hands. Where that, that goal, had their, the second goal in the, the second of the St. Johnson games, there are few things more satisfying than watching like a breakaway oh, counter-attacking yeah, nice. goal. I live a, a top corner, 40 yard screamer as much as the next guy, but it's something I've been talking about all this season, just tap-ins. Tap-ins are an absolute delight to watch, especially of that of that nature. It's part of what has made Man United watchable again this season since they get rid of the Mourinho and brought in Solskjaer. They're, just, they're back doing what they're good at, counter-attacking, and there's, there are a few things. The pace, just, the power of the tempo. That's it, exactly. There are a few things more more satisfying. Timo Weir's got more than, than pace about him. He's a, he's a really clever player. Yeah. His movement is absolutely terrific. His first touch for the second goal. Yeah. First goal. For first the first goal, yeah. goal, yeah. When he played Forrest through, is that perfect? The I, second one underrated as well yeah. because the second one just took him inches away from the defender. And by that point, the defender is, is out of the game. And I'm bringing this back to the transfer window, but thank God we've got players like that in reserve to bring off the bench because, you know, we would have could have potentially just been stuck in the quagmire of going through the motions that we've seen so many times this season without yeah. without this talent to bring well, off the bench. We had to bring on Hayes and Morgan yesterday. Uh-huh. And mm. in games like this, the first game against the Johnson is just about breaking them down because it's a Celtic part. They're just going to sit in. They don't really have much intention of coming out. They don't expect to get a result. In the second game, they had a, f- a fair few chances. Tony Watt could have scored. Yeah. Uh, they had a couple other ones. But it was getting that late in the game where you're watching the game but you're eyes just looking up at the clock every so often and you're getting a wee bit anxious but when that first goal goes in the first game is relief the second game it's it's just a good feeling when the yeah. goal goes in because you know it's pretty much the game one but see the second one because you're up against it because players have had to go off injured you've no more subs left you get that second goal, you win the game you're more off your seat because you're, it is kind of back to the walls even from a sort of tactical point of view, for instance, Johnson, you know, their game relies on a lot of hard work on their part. And we see when you're knackered with 20 minutes left and Celtic are bringing on someone as energetic <laughs> and pacey as we are. I mean, you're like, ah, God, give us a chance here. It's mentally as, as well, isn't it? Not just yeah, physically. Yeah, they're going to be I'm, tired and mentally. You're just like, if you're bringing on Johnny Hayes, you're not going to go, oh, yeah. watch out, boys. But if you've got Timo Weir's pace, if we brought on Edward as well, makes a difference and Toljan came on and he did make a difference he definitely got a lot more forward than uh, Lustig did Lustig with another injury when he's having a bad game as you were talking about <laughs> Yeah, no doubt he'll be back on Wednesday I will be watching to see the news on this injury by the way I'm, I'm watching Mikel because and I might be wrong I'll be first to hold my hand I'll be glad to hold my hands up and say I got it wrong was he's he basically an injury? I don't know he's got something really serious there but I have my doubts He's fond of the old half-time withdrawal these days. What do you think of uh, Scott Bain? That's a couple of games now he's been between the sticks. Ah, I feel bad now because somebody tweeted about it and I meant to look up who it was, so I apologise. But I think it was before the second St. Johnson game. Five games in a row, Scott Bain's pass completion 
100%. Was it? <laughs> Scott Javi, Javi baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I did notice some of the ways that he took the ball in the second St. Johnson game. It really come more comfortable with the ball at his feet than I could remember. I've not seen he's, he's brilliant. I've not seen enough of... The thing is, it just makes it look simple. He it does just, make it, it look... It, it gives you confidence. He just comes out and passes the ball. There's no, there's none of that heart in the mouth stuff. There's not, as I said last stiff. week, there's, yep, there's none of the stiffness. There's none of those floaty balls to, yeah. to nobody. It's just, it's simple. And to the point where you barely even notice it. I was surprised to hear about that 100% pass completion because you don't notice it with Scott Bain. On, just on keepers, actually just as I said there, Xander Clark was phenomenal in both of oh, these games. Where they, they yeah. save at Parkhead from Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair's, Scott Sinclair, yeah, <laughs> Scott Sinclair's point-blank header, which was actually a really nice move that led to Izagiri, who I thought had taken one too many touches, but he pinged across and right on Sinclair's forehead and Clark just pulled it off the line somehow, but it was excellent in both games. I'd, I think you could do a lot worse than just getting him signed as can well. He, can he sign him, mate? Yeah? No, you can't sign him. Why not, James? It's can he? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think he's one of them. Oh, right, he's a baddie. Well, I, I don't know. I just don't know. Do you know any Tim's called Xander? Mm. <laughs> Plus, I don't like the name Xander. The only one thing is Diamond. Xander Diamond. Oh, aye, aye, Former big... Aberdeen stopper. Oh, that's right. No, I, I like can't, his can... little beard, but... Do you? Oh, can I can't <laughs> sign him. It looks like a tramp. Doesn't he belong here? <laughs> um... The whole team looks reinvigorated. One player again who looked as if he'd found some energy in his legs, whether or not it was the arrival of his new teammates, the opportunity to face St. Johnson again, or a bumper new contract, was Scott Brown. Yeah. Flawless. Uh, well, no, no, he wasn't flawless. No. Actually, but the see the bit where he took it over the guy's head and just, I was like, who is fast forward on my TV right now? Because he sprinted <laughs> up that match. He was absolutely brilliant. He was it's, everywhere. That's almost, ide- sorry, man, there's, that's almost identical to a video that did the rounds of him a few months ago, there was a video of him at Hibs doing almost exactly that, just bolting from one end of the one box to another. This is, well, obviously more than 10 years ago if he was at Hibs. It's, that's it. Look, after the the game before the, the winter break, we were all furious, absolutely furious with that result. He didn't play well in that game like all other players, but we knew he, we knew he could come back and he would play a significant role. But... Again, he just shows in that sort of game that that is what he's there for. That is yeah. his role in the team. Stephen, how do you feel about Scott Brown's new two-year deal? A two-year deal, an easy one. I mean, we need we need players for next season, as for, I mean, for <laughs> reasons we've already I'd detailed. Hate to, I'd hate to think that was the driver for it. Like, <laughs> bloody hell, keep we are him. Desperate. We are inches. We're one step away from giving Lustig a new deal at this rate. But Scott Brown, an easy one. Give him a new contract. I'm a wee bit anxious, have a wee bit of anxiety about the two-year thing. Oh, no. And not because, I'll, I'll explain, we're only a month on from him being competing with Cham as being the worst player in the park at Ibrox, right? Now, it's since turned out that he is injured for that game, right? That's, that's fine. So that excuses the performance he put in that day. But that's not encouraging to me. I'm happy for Scott Brown to get as long a contract as he wants on the basis that the transition away from Scott Brown is going to be managed properly. Yeah. And a two-year deal fills me with doubt over that because I go back to the Ibrox thing. Yes, he played in that game and he played badly and he was injured. But why? Why is he playing when he's injured? When, at what point are we going to become less reliant on Scott Brown? Because, yeah, we all sat here after that game and none of us said he's finished. Not one of us said he's finished. We all said he'll have his uses, keep him around. He's not finished, but that was poor. At what point does it do we accept that he is on the way out? Because my prediction is it will be less than two years before he is 
less of a player. Is it going to be managed properly? None of us knows, but I am a little bit worried about it, that it's going to drag on and on and the debate will rage in Twitter. No, he's no... Like people getting on, on each other's cases and all that. I, I just hope, I hope the the eventual transition away from Scott Brown is going to be managed properly. As long, so you're saying two years is fine, provided in two years' time, in the last year of his contract, we're not looking at the Scott Brown of this year getting shoehorned into games when he's injured yeah. having to dig the team out. I think that's a fair comment. And I think being, being compl- Sorry, just to finish off there, being realistic about this, he's, this contract takes him up to almost his 36th birthday. That's very rare for players of that age to get two-year contracts mm. to your 36th birthday. That's the same age as everyone saying Jermaine Defoe's finished. So either 36-year-old players are worth having or they're not. I suppose no, it depends it, on... Well, it depends on the player. Ah, exactly, and it depends but, on what you think. If you think 36 is finished, then I suppose you can't... Equip. I don't particularly think nowadays in the SPFL, 36, if you take good care of yourself, finish. I mean, I don't know what age Chris Boyd does, but he looks half done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas if you compare him to... I mean, Scott Brown is a very fit-looking... Mm. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a very fit looking 34 year old now you can say like he played bad in the Rangers game but you can play he absolutely dominated in the St. Johnson game yeah. um, and he dominated in the Rangers game earlier on this season as well before that so but you're right as long as it's as long as it's managed and we don't become over reliant on him I'm fine he's definitely one who's on the way out I'm delighted with it I'm not as anxious as Stephen I think Scott Brown gives you more than what you see on the park it's that training Everybody's spoken about it. Every single manager he's played under pretty much has made him captain, has put him in the team as quickly as possible. So it's what he gives you on the training pitch. He's obviously worked with the development squad as well. He can be here. Look at look at our team. Well, right now we're looking at weak points as Craig Gordon, who's been replaced, Mikael Lustig, who's been replaced, and we're going to long term, we don't think Scott Brown should be playing. That's the free experience your favourite word Steve yeah. experienced guys in our team now Lustig could be away we need somebody out there that's been and done it especially when we're coming up to 8, 9, 10 if it were going for it you need guys like that around it does make a massive difference on the pitch especially when our thing is to bring in young players and help them come on I Scott do agree Brown will do that. I think someone like Scott Brown a figure like Scott Brown who knows what it is to beat this club who knows what it is to be successful who's who's carrying standards on year after year I think that's important now you don't keep him around indefinitely but you know it's I think having him around the club is a, is a good thing um, and we've got Callum McGregor who signed a five year deal not so long ago yeah a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago yeah, yeah he'll, he'll, he'll undoubtedly play his part when Scott Brown moves out to the side and that's that's another thing I don't want Scott Brown very demanding this weekend yeah, I don't I just, want this I don't want that <laughs> me 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 as usual just but Scott Brown agenda still playing <laughs> I, just, I don't want Scott Brown's place in the team to come at the expense of Callum McGregor's role because, let's not forget, I know we've all got short memories, but Callum McGregor was fantastic in that, that role in arguably Celtic's best period this season. That, that's fine, but you can't say, oh, we'll just let Scott Brown go at the end of the season or whatever. No, I don't want that either. Exactly. I don't want that. That's what I said, yeah. Because look, look at it right now. Look how many injuries we've got. We need Scott Brown. We need Callum McGregor. We need Christie. We need even Beaton right now. We are seriously struggling, so you can't just say, oh, Cal McGregor plays well there, so get rid of everybody around him. You need to have plenty of options, and we've got that right now. The midfield's midfield's the strongest area of our squad right now. When you look at the squad, saying, oh, we're stockpiling players, we kind of need them all. (laughs) (laughs) Cal McGregor, of course, man of the match. 
Yeah, the home game. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, that's two in a row. It was two home games in a row. He was man of the match. I, I did not understand the first one, but no. this was well deserved. He was he was absolutely brilliant, including his goal, which was was finally taken. He must have been listening, as we all we all know <laughs> the the whole squad listens to this podcast. Well, not the whole squad, just the good ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he must have been listening last week because I said that it had been quite a quite a dry goal scoring season for him, and that's that was two in a row from him, which takes him up to three in the league this season. Yeah. So the league after those two wins were sitting pretty at the top of the table, six points ahead of Rangers. Um, Rangers, of course, go to Aberdeen on Wednesday. Hmm. Um, it's been I think Aberdeen are missing half a team. Right Aberdeen are missing half a team. However. Uh, definitely the last two, maybe the last three that Aberdeen have beaten Rangers. Hmm. League Cup and they beat them at Ibrox. They beat them at Ibrox, they beat them in League Cup. Rangers lose on Aberdeen, at Aberdeen, and Celtic win League over. Yeah, I would be happy saying that after that, yeah. No. No? For me, no. When's the League over? When we win it. Oh, jeez. You're going to be popular this week, lads. Uh, I'm having a go at Scott Brown and he's saying there's a title race. Let me tell you something. There's a title race, but look at at how we were at the start of the season. We we didn't have a great start to the season. What will we be? We still need to beat Hibs, right? Managerless Hibs. Yes, but we've got a patchwork team coming up, haven't we? We We're going to have to play Jack Henry. We will be. See if we don't beat Hibs, I will. Shake your hand. Right. <laughs> say that every week. We don't beat St Mirren. We've not beat them this, uh, once this season. We can go on bad runs as well. And it only takes... Look, we were saying at the start there, just before the window, we beat Rangers, the league's over. You need to win these games first and foremost. It's only the start of February. We've got 14 players, maybe a couple back now, out injured. You never know what can happen. We need a, we need double-figure league before we can say league's over. You want 9 out of 9, Stephen, before Valencia. Hibs shouldn't pose us too many problems. Just they are managerless. Neil Lennon was—he he wasn't sacked and he didn't quit. He just disappeared into yeah, the ether. Yeah. He, he dematerialized as Hibernian manager. Right. They had a conscious uncoupling. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My knowledge, they haven't even come out with the mutual termination no. part of it. He's just—he's no longer manager anymore. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't pose us any problems, should they? Well, they will. Score at least two goals because Hibs always do. There's something like six of the last seven games against Hibs, they have scored two goals against Celtic. He's not let a goal this year, but no, that's very true. And Scott Bain still hasn't conceded the goal. I think that's he's now hit ten in a row. Has it ten clean sheets in a row? I'm pretty sure. Melly, you said the team was patchwork. Yes. One one man that made his return to training this week, Kieran Tierney, training with the first team squad. Great to see, innit? Great to see. Good to see him in the crowd supporting the boys, loving it. It's good to see him in the training pitch. I and missed him. And uh, another boy who was training with the first team. Now, is this him getting ready to make his debut? Because it is a bit patchwork. <laughs> yeah. Caraboco Dembele, who recently signed his first professional contract with Celtic. Highly rated, um, it has to be said. Signed with Celtic for two and a half stroke three years, whatever you want to look at it. Training with the first team, do you think he's? Think we'll see any of him over the next couple of weeks? I think it's like, unlikely. Where is he now? Nine? <laughs> he, <laughs> looks, he looks yeah. nine. Do you know who he looks like? He looks like someone brought their son to work day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's what he looks like. Um, there's rumours that he might be making his his first team appearance this month. I, I think it would be... Where does he play, Melly? He's a tack midfielder. I think you just let him do what he wants. Anywhere behind the striker, I think. But uh, no, he can't. We're, we're in important games right now. I think him and Okoflex were up training with the first team today. I don't know if it's just due to numbers, if it's just to give them opportunity to train with the first team but we've got players coming back now Bio's training 
I think we'd be more likely to see him in before Karamoko Dembele. I don't think it's very fair to put that pressure on the boy. And just to think, mix things up, our final game of this podcast, it's a bit unusual, but we're actually, we'll be playing St. Johnson for a change. Again, I'm getting well and truly sick of them now. Do you remember, when was that that phase you had? I think we were doing this podcast at the time where we played Dundee United about three times in a week or something like that. that Motherwell as well, didn't it? Yeah, that, but, oh, that's right. Yeah. Was there not a season where we had seven Rangers, seven Rangers Celtic games? games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sick of the sight of St. Johnson at the moment. I'm, in fairness to them, I'm not going to have a go at them for it, but they are, they're a tough nut to crack. And and we, and we saw that at the weekend there in the away game. Robust, meaty challenges uh, around. Uh, a lot of them I don't have a huge issue with. There was one or two at home and they were on they were on Scott Brown, who can handle it. It's, it's absolutely fine. He doesn't seem to be phased by it. And a lot of the mistake about Scott Brown is that he is, you know, this, yes. this kind of target for that kind of thing. So it's it's absolutely fine. It didn't really, it didn't really get to ridiculous levels. One or two contentious decisions in the away game, the first of which was the penalty or not on Oliver Burke. No, not for me. I don't think it's. I understand why it wasn't given because it was hard to tell who played the ball first. There yeah. was one angle though that showed it was a pretty stick-on penalty, and it was the one from right behind where it showed his shin was nudged before the ball. But you can't... Is that the referee's angle, though? No, no. But, and it's, it's very hard to tell. However, what I would say about that is that it's the same referee, Willie Collum, who gave that penalty <laughs> for Graham Shinney just propelling himself into yeah. the box against Celtic a few weeks ago. So he's, he's obviously not that fussy on contact. In um, this I, day and age, that is a penalty. You should just do what Andrew Dallas does and just keep beating them <laughs> and hope, hope you get one right. Um, yeah. I think... I, the Christie one, that was another shout. Christie one was the strongest of the three for me. I'm reminded of that time. Now, if anyone hasn't seen it for whatever reason, what happened was the defender wasn't aware of where Christie was. He watched the ball the entire time, but turned in to the ball and basically just sort of tackled Christie at stomach height. Volume. And, and yeah, and Christie was doubled over with it. I'm reminded of the time that Nanny was sent off for Man United in the Champions League against Real Madrid for a very similar... It wasn't similar in that it was a goal-mouth scramble. It was out in the touchline. The ball comes over. Nani is watching the ball the entire way and he sticks his foot up to control it. Now, as he has raised his leg, a defender has basically run straight into his his foot. So it doesn't matter that the St. Johnson player, it didn't mean it. He has cleaned Christie out anyway. Nanny was sent off for that, despite mm. the fact he didn't I know think the I remember was what coming. Talking about yeah. Actually, yeah. Fergie was not happy. Was no, he wasn't. It was Roy debatable, loved it, but debatable at the time because, as I say, you, how can you prove intent when he when he wasn't looking? It wasn't looking at the defender, but in a, in a sense it was reckless because he's well, that's the thing. High. You shouldn't be doing reckless things on a football pitch. And that, that brings me to the Edward, the, the challenge that Edward got injured. In the same incident, basically. Yeah, in yeah. the same... That is that was reckless. He charged right through in anticipation of catching the player more than any real effort to get the ball for me. And as I soon as so. I, I think I, that was de- that was definitely that was really robust. He knew exactly. I think the player knew exactly what he was doing there. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And as soon as it happened, you know, I said that that looks like so. Now Edward eventually goes off injured. Now just because a player gets injured doesn't mean there was intent there. But I think that was a really robust challenge. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And I think. The one thing that people always ask for is consistency with referees. And again, you're seeing absolutely no consistency just because the play had moved on. You know, it wasn't so long ago as Aguirre in the Aberdeen game when the player puts a cross in and Izagiri wipes him out, it gets pulled back. Now, that, for me, the Edward one was a, cl- a clear foul as well that the referee missed. Uh, I, f- I still think it was a foul. It was a robust challenge. But 
everybody says off oh, it happens anywhere on else in the pitch, it's a foul. But if that player doesn't make that challenge or if he goes in softly to that, Edward puts that in the back doesn't of the matter. net. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but it matters because in the middle of the pitch you don't need to go in that hard because it's not going to stop a goal. But if it happens there and that player doesn't go in hard enough that he stops the ball, it costs his team I, a goal and then he's all his fans go, why are you pulling that out of that? Doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't come, it, it that does, come it in the referee's thinking. I know that, but it doesn't mean it's not a foul. Was it a foul? I think it was a foul, was but it in the he box? has to go for that. But I know, but was it a foul? Yes. Was it in the box? Yes. That's a penalty. I didn't say it wasn't a penalty. Was it? That's the, for me, that, that's the opening shot case. I, I can't really get myself all that bothered about this one. I, I don't know why. I keep watching it back and I think it's the type of thing you see all the time. Was that it, a foul? I, I don't even... Well, he cleared the ball, which he had to do, and Edward has they've effectively clashed feet. At the, at the end of it, I know that it goes in with the studs up, but to me that language isn't really all that helpful. It's no to me that's no any more accurate than saying an unnatural position for handball. It's it's a kind of very grey area. I, I don't I don't really know. I, I, I I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not I'm not greeting about yeah. it, but I think I think the Christie one was was a stone wall. But I watched that Edward one back, and I think I, I really don't know. See if if Celtic had a defender, say for example Jozo, one of the less popular Celtic defenders, <laughs> Jack Henry, like, yeah, Lustig, to him again. Lustig, Jozo, or Jack <laughs> Henry had let that go, right, and the, the attacker just stabs it in, and because he didn't want to come out a foul, he'd be he'd be as well leaving. I, mean, I know, but this doesn't take away from the fact that it was a foul. If you commit a foul I in order to sort somebody scoring a goal, you can't say, "Well, I had to foul them." But he, but he cleared the ball. It's the, I don't know. I'm, I mean, but I think yeah. we are spending too much time talking about yeah, it on probably, this. Yeah, probably, yeah. I just, I just do think, I think that one for me was a, a Saurian. And I think, like you said, it, it is tough. And that's their game. That's St. Johnson's game. And we're going to have to overcome that once again if we want to triumph and head to the treble treble. Yeah. And that injury, the injury to Edward, it really kind of changed the game because I don't know if Ware had planned to come on. The Edward came on as a sub first and then Ware came on as the sub for the sub. It would have been on for Forrest or Sinclair, so it would have changed the complete dynamics of the game. Wouldn't yeah, it? They that, were both that's right. And it might have been a few minutes down, yeah. down the line. Edwards having to go off, unfortunately, was the, the, the key moment in that game because Weir came on and took control. I think he was eventually man of the match for about the 18-minute cameo or whatever <laughs> he had. Scott Brown was giving him grief after it and one sky is like, you get a man of the match for that. <laughs> <laughs> but just on uh, funny decisions... In the home game against St. Johnson Celtic, one of the worst decisions you're, you're likely to see for them because James Forrest had an absolutely wild shot. Did you see this? No. no. It was, he had a shot from the kind of inside right channel and he swiped it wildly wide. It just booted it straight out of the park and get a corner for it. Despite <laughs> the fact there was nobody anywhere near him, it was, it was incredible. Just to wrap up, whilst I remember, um, I do remember some... Uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we were making fun of Ricky Foster and Michael Stewart's biomechanics patter? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, again, Celtic, does Ricky Foster know handball it inside the yeah. box to stop a corner? Now, what he done there was brilliant. He went on national radio a couple of weeks prior and played out his alibi. I would never. <laughs> it's genius. It's, o- <laughs> uh, it's absolutely genius. I would never. If I handballed the box, it's an accident. It's my biomechanics. A couple of weeks later against the old Tim Alloy's handball and he just <laughs> says, were you listening to me on the radio? So that book uh, O.J. Simpson wrote about murdering his wife, if I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ayer was sent off in the 93rd minute or something like that. And, it's, and it was it was a silly a silly thing to do. Just as he was wanting himself back into my good books. <laughs> Mitigating circumstances, though, 
the pass from Scott Brown oh. was was very poor, and it was Ayer wasn't even favourite to get that ball. Brown left him with basically a sixty forty in St Johnson's favour, and he nicked it away from the guy's toe, and he took it off him. Now Ayer should have booted it clear. He should have booted up the pitch. But what we need to remember is that he's probably not allowed to do that. He's probably not allowed to just boot it clear. He, even nah, though, come on. Instructed not to do that. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. He would be instructed not to boot the ball clear. It was caused by a poor pass. Before that, it was caused by a poor throw-in from Toljan. Oh, right. Who just put it straight. So it was a it was a, a lot of errors that led up to that point, but Ayer was furious with himself. He knew that he'd... Is he watching it back, though? I know Brendan Rodgers has since said that he agrees with it, but... Quite, two defenders quite harsh for a goal, clear goal-scoring goal opportunity when it's that far from goal. Who am I to argue with Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> While we're on uh, referees and decisions, Brendan's got to have a wee word with Ryan Christie. That dive oh. against St. John's. No. If you're going to do that, do it in the penalty box. Yeah, right? that was no, we, we don't get penalties for that, but that was absolutely ridiculous. He can't be doing that. He made up for it later in the game with a smashing goal, but he's got to watch he doesn't get he a He looked modified. Yeah. He surely should be. And that's the football. We have a we've got a, we've got a busy couple of weeks. We've got two important competitions, but we'll talk about those obviously with the Scottish yep. Cup, the league, and the Valencia game coming up. Um, Non-football related competition. You people might remember a couple of when was it, Stephen? When did we have them on? About Novemberish. Yeah, I, we done a TMT extra time as we call it for the Patreons. We um, we had Bellator and professional MMA fighter Chris Bungard yeah. on the show. Who, who some of you might have seen at Parkhead, he did in the halftime draw. His yeah, first, he looked buzzing. He yeah. did look fucking yeah. buzzing. Um, so would we be. Wait, just a minute. Dear Celtic, Aye. if you ever need three people to do the halftime draw, <laughs> contact us. Yeah. The campaign starts here. Let's let's, let's, let's push in each other, fight each other, see who draws the ticket. Pester Celtic, get yeah. t- your uncle TMT to do the halftime draw. And uh, if you let us do it, we will stop telling people that it's actors who win it. <laughs> Um, no, Chris done the, the halftime draw. Chris is, was on talking about signing to Bellator MMA, which is a, a very large professional yeah, MMA. They're like the WCW to UFC's WWF. Yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. Kind of thing. And he's got his first Bellator fight of that contract this weekend. Yes, and down in Newcastle, uh, which we'll be in attendance for against Terry Brazier. Um, he's going into sort of the, the lion's den because I don't know if anyone will have noticed it. Uh, it's been he's been quite loud about it. Chris has been bamming up the Geordies for the last <laughs> several have you months. Been to Newcastle, it yes. is Spice Boy Central. Oh, yeah, it is yeah. so so spicy. We better watch what we're doing. Merely better watch that haircut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but big announcement, folks! Uh, your your old uh, uncle TMT will be sponsoring Chris for this fight. He's going to be carrying our logo into a literal battle against right. Terry Brazier. It's we'll going to be live on Channel Five, I believe, on Saturday PM, night. I think. Yeah. We like to see the old Tims do well, yes. so we're quite happy to um, back up Chris Bungard. Absolutely. We can't back him up muscularly. No, no, no. Yeah, but no. we can back him up in these ways that we can. Yeah. And I suppose, Stephen, we better do some, before we go, some housekeeping. Um, Patreon. What have we been doing on the Patreon this week? The Patreon, well, we've had several more Melly at the Match episodes. Those have been going over very well. I've been a, I've been a special guest on Melly's yes. podcast um, a couple of times now. I don't get invited on Melly no, at the no. Match. I've got to say, he's got to fire his booking agent, though, because he's only got one phone number and it's me. The the guests (laughs) on it are very (laughs) samey. He'll be doing some solo pods, or or Melly and his motor, as somebody's (laughs) somebody's called it. No, those have been enjoyable. I've enjoyed those. Um, More stuff coming up. We have recorded the first episode of The O'Neill Years, and that'll be dropping with us this week. That was an undertaking. Yeah, it was. It was enjoyable, but it was an undertaking. Um, We have launched a new tier, the treble. Um... 
If you'd like to have a look at that, it's on the Patreon page there, patreon.com slash 20minutetims. And it's a way for you to help support the podcast. Yeah. And also in return for joining that, you get the mug. I know, the, the famous mug. You get the 2018-19 season 20 Minute Tim's mug. And we're also doing, for those treble patrons, we're also doing a fortnightly podcast, which is a sort of phone-in slash yeah, question mailbag. mailbag yeah. You ask us the questions every fortnight, we'll sit down to answer them, especially for, for those people on that tier. If you like the sound of that, as I say, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's. Listening options, we often get people asking us what the, the best platform to listen is. Um, Spot, we're on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and right. we're on pretty much everywhere you get your apps. So if you need, Stephen, you've got an Android device. What do you listen on? Podcast Addict is my my one of choice, yeah. Podcast Addict, there's Podbean, there's, and then obviously iTunes. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. We're also on a Celtic News Now app, which is like an independent sort of news aggregator app. Yes, yeah. Um, we must have for all, all Tim's. Ah, it's there. pretty good, that. It's pretty good. It's sort of all the Celtic news in one place. A one-stop shop, if you will. <laughs> a one-stop shop. Overused part of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and plenty of that on this podcast. No, but it doesn't matter how you listen to the podcast. We are grateful for everyone who listens and everyone that gets in touch. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.